Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I am Tony. So, long hot summer, huh? Oh, I didn't ask you, did you get hit by the uh, rain from Hurricane Hillary? Tony, not rolling. Uh, we 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 got uh, we we got humidity and cloud cover and some sprinkles, but uh, we you know we we came pretty came up pretty unscathed. Roland, <laughs> did the Pacific storm cause you any trouble? Uh, no, <laughs> apparently not. But it is quite hot here, so uh, ah, yeah, no well. sprinkles. So. It's like the entire Earth right now is a savage biome. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been, like, our summer's finally started, which is great, because it's been a really cold summer for us, and it's been pretty pretty crappy. So I'm, I, for one, welcome warmer temps. So I, I'm sorry to hear you guys are having a rough go. I played Door Fortress last night. I don't know oh, about you? you guys. Really? Oh, really? Oh, that's so good that you did that, did. because now we have something to talk about. I know. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I put down Baldur's Gate for the point for the period of like a couple hours, and I was like, "Right, we're doing this." Okay, so it's great. Did he just leave the recording? Did he bail? Is he out? He's just like, you know what? Yeah, I only see two people. Uh, that's people. gonna yep. it's gonna break. God, I hope Missouri didn't just fall off the face of the earth. Oh no! Oh no! Are, are you doing... Well, we're still recording. I love it. Okay. Okay, that is... Uh, <laughs> that is interesting. It is. Two on the stage. Yeah, his internet must have gone out or something. Oh, that sucks. Apparently, we have to oh. go into a new uh, session. Okay, all right. See you on the side. See you on the other side. Meanwhile, around 15 minutes into the future. I got kind of mad. They're, yeah. um, they're actually, they actually saved it. Oh, I, I oh. think they did. That, so, that, there is some really, nice. really good content there. So, yeah. <laughs> some really good Baldur's Gate content, yeah. We, we were really we had, had some good Baldur's Gate. Yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten the Baldur's Gate. Some wonderful stuff yet. So, has anybody played much Dwarf Fortress over the summer? It's been a long, hot summer. Funny you mention it. I, Roland probably has. <laughs> a lot. Oh, I love the, the pointed finger in my direction, and I even <laughs> love it more that you are absolutely correct. Yes, I played quite a bit. So I've got lots of questions to ask you about 50.09. Uh-huh. Uh, is, is that the new version? Um, yeah. That I, Released in July. Uh, it's, it's the beta, right? It's in, oh, like, yeah. well, it's all beta, right? Oh, this right. Is like yes. I've, Completely RC three RC R three RC two came out yesterday. I'm loving the I'm loving the versioning. Um, um, really? I'm, I'm, yesterday? No, I mean yeah, it's just yesterday. Small update patch. Oh, that's a DF hack. Well, so DF hack. I'm, yeah, I haven't DF had hack. any luck getting DF. Like once I went to the betas, um, DF hack broke and doesn't work anymore. Even if I put it in its beta channel, there's yeah. nothing I can do to convince it to run. So, like, shoot. I had trouble um, with the beta channel whenever I first tried it, so I thought, you know what, I'll just go ahead and just use the main the main line. Yeah. But it does make sense for, for the beta channel to have release count, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm enjoying the beta features and I can live without DF hack, I guess. Like that's kind of where I landed on. Wow. That's so, the end of my treatise. Since DF hack came back, I have been, you know, I, I use it all the time. So I would rather have DF hack and be on the, the main steam line. Yeah, I agree with that. I like DF hack. And even if I don't use it like all the time, I, I get like really frustrated when I want to use it and I don't have it. I'm like, Ugh. so I just put Dwarf Fortress onto the main not beta line and I'm like, it, it works fine. Also, it makes my game not as crashy at times, you know, when they're like a new beta thing comes out and I had that happen like twice and I was like, you know what? I know. No, I already have enough crash problems sometimes. And uh, mm. Yeah, why well, you won't be signing yourself up for more drama. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. So my big question about 50.09 is, have they improved the announcements uh, system over whenever we last, uh, last spoke with our no. listeners? The same. Um, yep, same. Uh, yeah. well, I know that they're working on it. Yeah. I believe that Putnam's working on it, so. Fingers crossed for 50.10. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's the uh, the, the graphics library they use? Is it SDL? They release well, that's, it. An, that's an excellent question. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I know that Looks they like they're updated, using SDL2. Yeah, they updated from SDL to SDL2, which should, in theory, I think, uh, expedite the... the uh, Ports for Linux and Mac OS, if I'm not mistaken. That we'll would see. be very welcome for, for the Mac user among us. Um, like playing it on Windows is fine, but you know. And I'd like to see the uh, I'd like to see the uh, full blown native Linux version myself. Yeah. Actually, I've not even tried to do it on Linux, even with uh, with with uh, under Steam running because what they use Proton, right? Typically. Proton yes, is the is the they do. the yep. translation layer, if you will. Yep, it's Windows very very effective. Linux. Very yeah. effective, though, um, impressively so. The um, the Dwarf Fortress will run on a Mac under the um, if you're on the Mac beta for Sonoma. Um, there's a thing called Game Porting Toolkit, and that will run most Windows games quite well. So if you're waiting around and you're stuck and et cetera, et cetera, you can, you can use game porting toolkit and there's other hacks to get it to run to that people have, that people have made, but I found the game porting toolkit one to be pretty good for the meantime, but it's still not as good as just playing it on windows. You got to work around at least. Exactly. For a while it wouldn't run at all on a Mac, would it? It wouldn't run at all on a Mac. No, you're, you're trapped on a Windows box. But uh, no, it's it's cool. Like I, I get it. You got to go where the you got to go where the users are, and the users are on Windows. So, uh, any groundbreaking to to, to do isms rolling with uh, your play? Have you kept that uh, that uh, succession fort going over mm-hmm. the summer? Yep, yeah. We uh, still continued with the succession fort in the last week we got a little bit swamped with a lot of other stuff so it is currently paused but up until to that point we continue to play and um it it was bogus what happened for example uh, Tekka tried to channel uh, to a forgotten beast and when he gave me that safe 
he completely forgot to cancel the last mining thing, like the last block to mine to break into the place where the forgotten beast was. And he just like texted me in private, like, oh, by the way, maybe check some miners. And um, it's kind of hilarious. And then he, he didn't want to say outright what it was. He was just like, oh, it's a surprise. And I'm like, uh. But then he, he came out and was like, you know, there's a forgotten beast. And when I started my game, the forgotten beast was gone. It just vanished from the map. It was, oh, it was gone. Like, never found Interesting. it again. Not even bones. It's a happy, happy story. Well, it, it kind of, I kind of thought of like, Whenever a, a pilot of an airliner is, you know, passing the controls off to the co-pilot uh, so that he can, you know, go back and, and take care of some personal business. And then he tells the pilot, oh, yeah, our uh, left aileron is an operative. Just thought I'd let you know that. Uh, bye. By the way, we're crashing. Well, yeah, we're like crashing. You know. <laughs> Directly onto the grab floor. a coffee. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. For example, something very interesting happened in my private fortress. And uh, that was War Fortress after dark. <laughs> well, I mean, did you not s- that kind of interesting. Sedu- <laughs> did you seduce a bear? Or, or wrong game? Sorry. Oh, that 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 hurt my brain. I I actually had to think what you're referencing here. Yeah, we'll go there <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> um, can we please continue about uh, the, the interesting thing in your in your private port? Uh, so. You know, I'm obsessed with food in the game and I really love when my food is like diverse and I have like a lot of it and every dwarf can take his favorite food, go to uh, the nearest masterwork uh, table made of gold encrusted with gems and sit there and it goes like, and then it's like, I don't know, polar bear tallow roast or whatever. And he's like, oh God, this was the best food I've ever eaten in my life. And I, I really love when that happens. So I was like, okay, how do we expand the 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 variety of food items? And the easiest way for that is to hunt, or at least to get animals that spawn on onto your map and cage them and get them and slaughter them and blah blah blah. Blood everywhere. Yeah, and uh, I made an underground trapping system. I made that like forty in-game years already. Uh, so one has been running for a very long time and it has been functioning perfectly. No hiccups, no problems. Sometimes I get, uh, like cave fishmen that try to get into my map through that spawn tunnel, but, uh, they have no chance. There's a lot of traps. And then I expanded onto the, uh, the third cavern. Because, you know, there's different creatures that spawn in the different caverns. And I'm like, okay, maybe I get some hungry heads or whatever. And uh, that spawn thing is a pretty much exact copy of what I did before. With the exception that now it doesn't work. And I'm very confused. Because my game gets super crashy every time I use it. I don't know why. So, I will paint you a quick picture. There's a bridge... And everything else in my cavern is walled off. So when the bridge is down, things can spawn onto the bridge and then walk into a trap corridor. Very easy. Now, in theory, if I push up the bridge again, it is a wall. Nothing can spawn. Nothing will spawn. And I can get my dwarves to the traps to, you know, get rid of them and, like, put new cage traps in. Now, that works in the first I built. 
it doesn't work in the second I build. When I open it, things spawn in, and when I close it, they just continue to spawn on top of the closed bridge. They huh. spawn hmm. in a wall. Ooh. And that sounds like a bug. Yeah, it that feels I, like a bug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I already submitted it to the bug tracker um, with infos and like screenshots and whatever. And uh, I, I don't know how to fix it. I can straight up not use that spawn like area when I have enemies enabled because then the, the these cave fishmen will spawn and they just <laughs> spawn. They spawn on top of the bridge. How can you do that? They want it more. They really want to be there. So, uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't want them to be there. So the great Garzini told the tale, many ages ago, when this ancient planet was not quite so ancient, there was the time of the mythical planet, when dwarves shared their days with elves, men, goblins, dragons, and necromancers. In the world of the mythical planet, in a fortress known as New Tower of Showing, there lived a dwarf named Elder Bim. Elder Bim was a sage of unparalleled senses. His kinesthetic prowess and prodigious memory were whispered of in awe. A bard's gift graced his lips, while his heart found solace in aiding others. Duty coursed through him, tempering his thoughtful nature. Though conflict he evaded, he revered martial valor. A purpose, profound and veiled, tugged at his core. The enigma of his calling remained, yet he held unwavering faith that Mondal Ibercrash and our Rockest, in time, would unveil it. Meanwhile, warm embraces adorned his meetings, bonds kindled beyond words. Thus was penned the chronicle, set forth by the hand of the scribe Garzini. Hey, is the bug tracker still Discord? Yep. That's just... That's just... Not ideal much, for a bug tracker. That can't be sustainable. It just can't be sustainable. I wouldn't think, unless they've got someone who's who's you know transcribing the bug reports from Discord into a real bug tracker. Yeah, I don't work there, it's so tough. I don't care. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, I I would imagine there's a lot that's changing because I think if you've been like if you think about how the game worked, it was kind of darn doing his thing and it was kind of like he was the product owner and he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he could figure out what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it and it just kind of worked and now i think he's trying to adapt that style by including new people and i suspect it's just going to take some time to figure out what that looks like and that's cool i mean i'm just thrilled that he got help you know i I think that's cool hope it but lets him it sounds like platinum's working on he wants to do Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, well that's I think true. it's cool, you know, it's like what more could you want than having a development team where you can kind of focus on the stuff that you want to work on and other people can focus on the stuff that they're good at and want to work on. Like that seems pretty great. So I'm glad this structure is there. I haven't gotten around to doing it, but I really want to catch that uh that interview that Tarn announced in um uh, the Bay Twelve Games uh side about the, the the blind interview with him and Putnam. Have either of you watched that? Only a very tiny bit of it. I, I bet it's got to be nice to have uh, some new passion uh, injected into the project. It's probably get, taking some getting used to for, for Tarn, but 
you know, it, it, uh, you got to think that it's um, that it's helping put some uh, some some more life and excitement into it. I hope so. Anyway, new points of view. I mean, even if even if Tarn is the benevolent dictator for life, you know, he's still, I'm sure, getting input from uh, from from Putnam. I, I like him as a benevolent dictator. I'm I'm kind of enjoying what <laughs> how it's going. I love the fact that now we're seeing things like SDL and multi-threading experience experiments. Like I think that's pretty darn cool. Um, so like that's neat, you know, because I I think when maybe we talked to him before and he was like, yeah, that's not my jam. So it's cool. Like I love the fact that it's like it's not his jam, and they found a way to start looking at making it happen. I think it's yeah. Stop. I'm, I'm hold, bullish. Hold. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say multiplayer? Multi-threading. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think multiplayer is that. that <laughs> yeah, likely. that's that, that is still a like few a, years off. Like what the hell did uh, I miss? I think uh, I think multi-threading. So if, if I said multi player uh, no no you probably said multi-threading and i just i just misheard it but um i'm gonna oh, go ahead roland oh uh, no i was just going to expand upon multi-threading because oh, i did test it out you know it is it is in the game mm-hmm. and uh, i wanted to see how it works and whether or not i do actually gain fps or not so i fiddled around with it and i put it on and i put it off and blah 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 and on average, I would say I do not have more FPS, but I can safely say that I do not lose FPS for the normal reasons I would usually do. Uh, for example, normally I had a certain FPS breakage whenever I switched uh, to look into caverns, especially in the fortress that I play right now. I have no, no clue why. No other caverns have ever lagged my FPS the way that my current caverns do, but whatever. Um, and before, I was on mm. a stable, like, 20 FPS when I looked onto my caverns. At 30 in pretty much every other place, sometimes even 40. So the, the FPS break was immense when I looked into my caverns. And now with the multi-threading, I am at pretty much 27 everywhere I look. It doesn't matter if I'm looking into caverns or flowing water or onto like 400 dog puppies. doesn't matter. (laughs) I have my stable FPS, and that's great. 400 dog puppies. Sounds like a slaughter fest coming up. I mean, I don't have 400 dog puppies. You know, I was just saying... Um, I have like maybe 120. Uh, that sounds like somebody's going to be getting some new dog leather slippers. It's actually all going into war dogs, and then I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna put them somewhere. Let's let's say it like that. Dog army. I uh, I've been capturing elephants, and um, mm. that's pretty cool. So I'm trying to figure out if I can do something with them. If I can pull the Carthage and have war elephants, that would be pretty neat. But I've I've yet to do it. I've I have I hadn't really captured elephants before, but but this new this new thing has a whole lot of them on the map, and they're not that nice. But um, yeah, H- have you guys had any experiences with the uh, with elephants? I never messed with elephants except for occasionally to try to avoid them when they would come on my map. But I never bought any from elves, and I never trapped any or, or dealt with them at all. 
uh, even even before you know in the years that I've been playing the game. Hmm, that is curious. I um, I think I got maybe like three or four in all my plays. I can't remember when I ever trapped my own elephant. I only remember like a bunch of rhinoceri. Um, I'm pretty sure I just bought them off of the elves, and one time I got a giant elephant, and I didn't know what to do with him, so I just chained him up outside, and very quickly he was starving, oh. because it is almost oh. impossible for you to feed, like, a giant elephant, unless you mm. modify that, that grazing uh, number a little bit. Hmm. Oh, there, that could, the seeds could be a problem. They might end up being food then. They might be food elephants. Okay. So when you say you chained them up, yeah. did you mean you actually chained them up or did you make a, uh, a pasture that was large and just uh, assigned them to the pasture? Yeah, I, I know that like a large pasture would help. Now I know that. Back in the day, <laughs> I didn't. I just chained him up and I was like, you know, grazers yeah. never need any attention. I was wrong. I was very wrong. Yeah. Dude was starving yeah, very quickly, and I felt terrible. I think grazing starvation was a problem more in the uh, 44 and 47 versions yep. than it is now. I would agree with that. Yeah. If you over if you overpopulate your pastures, though, they'll they'll trample it down, and you have to keep moving them. I've I have found that with this release, so you but, just kind of have to go through yeah. and delete the zone and move it, and then they they figure it out. But and it then, takes forever for the. Yeah, to grow back to to grow back, and then you can get a new spot and like yeah 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 yeah, which well, is the good thing about fifty is that, that the zones are a lot easier to uh, to resize without having to delete the zone. You can you can expand your pasture yeah, now. That is that is true. Yeah. Um, but I have to admit, I'm just putting my grazing number to like three hundred, and uh, it it's good. It's good because now I don't have to move pastures and uh, except for when I'm in a mountainous biome, then they will still eat all the grass and have to move it. But if we're talking about like lush, I don't know, broadly forest, whatever, then I don't really have to move it unless I have like 400 friggin grazers in a single pasture. And then you have like aggression problems anyway, and you, you, you shouldn't have that. So Baldur's Gate, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All the people are talking about it. Have Have you guys played it? No, I haven't. Tony, I I played it and I like it. It um, it it kind of gets me past my lack of fondness, shall I say, for turn based games, um, and scratches a lot of the itches that Dwarf Fortress scratched. Like it's kind of one of the things where you know in games you can usually sort of figure out what it wants you to do like what's the good path and what's the bad path and you can kind of game your like i'm gonna be the good guy and so you can play it through as like a good guy and then you can play it through as a bad guy and then you can kind of fiddle around with stuff like it's this thing's so complicated that i don't even know if there are those clear linear choices i don't have a clue um it's just i don't know where we're headed <laughs> you know it's like you just kind of end up making decisions and then you're like, Oh no, that I thought that was a good thing to do, but now <laughs> I've killed a hundred people, including children. And I feel like I'm not a good guy anymore, but then, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty unusual. So I, I would, I would say, uh, it's, it's a good game. 
Shout out to Drew and Kristen at the uh, Strange Mood podcast. They did an entire episode pretty much on Baldur's Gate. <laughs> uh, and they, they, they linked it loosely to Dwarf Fortress by saying, it's not adventure mode, but it's getting there or something like that. Yeah, that's a yeah. pretty good – I mean, it is kind of – I mean, it's 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 linear and it's structured. I'm also so pretty like sure there's Whoever designed in it, there are. And – You said there's dwarves in it? Yeah, there's dwarves in the game. So you can make a dwarf and live out your wildest – Dual Fortress fantasies in adventure mode. Yeah. So. It sounds like it's very, um, uh, let's say, adult-oriented, and you can be pretty dastardly in it and do some pretty awful things if you're so playing evil. It, Dual Fortress adventure yeah. mode, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... With it's, graphics. It's hilarious. You can you can do things, dwarfy things, like if somebody's body gets blown apart, which I'm not saying I was ever responsible for that, oh, but no. your barbarians, no. and again, I'm not saying that I would ever do this, can throw the limbs of the body at the attacking uh, army. So that's kind of cool. <clears throat> um, just want to put that out there. <laughs> Very dwarfy. Cool. So whenever cool, dwarf, cool, when the new Baldur's cool, Gate cool. was Side eyes, side eyes. Great, awesome. Yeah, sure. Throwing body parts. Cool. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, well, that's what Dwarf Fortress hey. is all about, right? Maybe not throwing them, but having them fly in a, in a ballistic arc whenever you, you know, smack someone upside the head with a shoe. Or, or I mean, back when we we also played the adventure mode together and we put things on fire. So you know, just going around and setting someone's tavern or livelihood on fire is also very much the option. If they ever release it, we got to oh, do yeah. that again. That was fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Which I guess is a be a good time to uh, to mention that by the time this episode is released, we should have a, uh, a listener Discord server available that we might – we're not going to commit to anything because we're not the committing kind of people. <laughs> but, uh, but we might do some streaming on there and such. So it'll be a public uh, – it'll be a public – uh, uh, Discord server, and yeah, by the time that uh, that you get this, you should be able to go to our website to get the link for joining the server. And we've had several listeners say, "Hey, uh, interact with us, please." And me, you know me, I wanted to set up an IRC channel on, uh, <laughs> on Dalnet, but uh, which I did do, but then you know I was the only one. Then you looked ever at there. the calendar. And you saw that it was 2023, and and you thought, oh, I don't the kids care. don't use this anymore. <laughs> I, I love open standards, so I I I think that IRC well, could still be a good thing. Yeah, it's not secure, so don't send your credit card. You know, <laughs> yeah, don't. it's the year of the Linux desktop. Um, well, I I would love to have you guys join if people are listening. It would be really cool to yeah hear from you know, hear from people who are enjoying playing the game and just kind of want to shoot the breeze on it. It, it would be cool. Meet yep. so memes. Yes. Hop in and tell us all about what's going on in the Dwarf Fortress because, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that you can talk to about this on the street uh, before you get weird looks. So um, yeah. you will not get weird looks in this community because well first of all we can't see you so you know there is that but uh second of all you know come on 
Well, we all summer I wore my Dwarf Fortress shirt as often as I could, and still no one walked up to me to say, hey, yeah, great shirt, uh, Dwarf Fortress, go. Aww. You did mention that it was hot where you are, so I uh, hope you were changing and washing that shirt, because that <laughs> could also be an explanation. I'm just I saying. believe that I modified that with as often as possible, and the possibility oh, possible. is it's clean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice save. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Or, or the other thing is, I have multiple Dwarf Fortress shirts, of course. I don't. Uh, I just have, I have the we'll old that. school. I have one for each. I have the old school shirt that just has the, the old ASCII smiley face and underneath it, it says Strike the Earth. So if you Gotta recognize that as Dwarf Fortress, then you're, you know, a, a, a real Dwarf Fortress player. Not that's, 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 that's stupid. Uh, yeah. You're at least an old school Dwarf Fortress player if you recognize that as Dwarf Fortress. But does the announcement still say "Strike the Earth" whenever you start a fortress? Oh yes. Okay. Because yeah. I don't, I haven't read them, you know, since forty four twelve. I just pretty much I uh, see the message and I just hit enter and start my fort. Yeah, the death th- the death countdown begins. Yep. 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 <laughs> Who's gonna die first? In days of old, when the minstrel Bostrebus graced the halls with his enchanting melodies, he unveiled a tale of mystic prowess. Through his dulcet voice, he revealed the ancient lay of Enozuvathur Vaderus Toral, the lay pewter short sword, known as Blanchshred the Seal Dagger of Law. Forged by the masterful hand of weaponsmith Adnanvukur Matulaton, its creation was shaped under the otherworldly influence of a fey mood. In mid-autumn of the year 107, Blanchred the Seal Dagger of Law was shaped in the form of a lay pewter short sword. All crafts worship was of the highest quality. The object menaced with spikes of lay pewter and alabaster. On the sword was an image of a tapered baguette cut gem in chysoprase. On the blade was an image of a giant snowy owl in andesite. With reverence, the artifact was presented to the noble fortress grand authority, the Violet Rack. Its splendor, too magnificent to be concealed, found its destined abode within the 44th level bedroom foyer, an emblem of prestige and heroism. So resounded Bostrebus's melodious voice, carrying the echoes of ages long past, as he sang the saga of Enozuvathur Vaderus Toral, forever inscribed in the annals of heroism and legend. Well, I'm setting my, I'm setting some goals uh, for myself in my yeah, my triumphant return to Dwarf Fortress and my deprioritization of Baldur's Gate. Uh, I'm going to build a... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to replicate the idea of Carthage, uh, which was one of those civilizations in antiquity. It's pretty interesting. You know, walls, moats, and elephants, that sort of thing. So I think that'll be quite fun. Uh, oh, I was oh, trying to, yes. I I was trying to one. I was trying to remember what the civilization Carthage was known for. They were concurrent with the, with the Roman Alphabet Empire, was right? a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were the Phoenicians. They made boats and the alphabet, so they were pretty cool at that. They, um, they're really interesting. They basically had naval domination for years because they made these really awesome ships that could punch holes in other people's ships below the waterline. And oh, yeah. they would I just like, those go smashing Earth. up against them and, you know, just rip into anybody's fleet. So they tangled with the Romans for years 
and you well like you know a long time they had naval domination like a thousand years they'd been building these great ships and then they lost one uh got washed up on a beach i think in somewhere in italy and the romans are like this is cool so they tried to take it apart and figure out how to build the ships and um and uh, didn't do a very good job of it, hmm. and then solved the problem another very, very effective way. But uh, we'll save that for a future podcast. <laughs> no, Tony, that seems just a little bit masochistic to uh, have a ocean-bearing civilization in a game that doesn't have uh, workable ocean tiles. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it certainly means that I don't have to put in defenses for sea, because there's no sea-going threat right now. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, if, if ever we get to boats then, and, and I start seeing goblin armadas, goblin fleets arriving by sea, that's going to be a, that's going to that be a day. Be awesome. <laughs> well, it would. Yeah. It would be really cool. Yeah. You ha- you're defending an island and from all sides of the island, you, uh, you get attacked. Oh, that'll be, you know, like, uh, some battle royale game. Be like Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the the thing about building, you know, dwarf cartridge, dwarf Carthage is like, you know, Carthage lost, right? I mean, like there's no, there's no secret there. I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anybody, but they didn't do great. They, they messed it up and they, and they fell to the Romans. And that's exactly what my fortress will do. Although it probably won't fall to the Romans. It'll probably fall to my own ineptitude, but. Um, Damn you. I was going to take a Western civilization course and then you spoiled it. <laughs> That's a good one. There's a lot to there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there between the Phoenicians and the Romans. It's pretty cool. Well, cool. Like, keep us updated on. So, is is that fortress actually in process now? Is it is it in progress? It is. We're we're having a little trouble. Everyone's getting a little hungry. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, we're working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe not a necromancer butcher next time. A necromancer butcher? Yeah. Is that your fortress leader? Well, accidentally, the necromancer was... He got scared by the elephants and then um, started resurrecting butchered animal corpse parts. Oh, boy. Huh. Interesting. So, gotta beware of that. I think it's... I think... Have you guys seen this? When necromancers get scared or frightened or whatever, threatened, they start, they start yep. bringing things back to life. Yep. That's, yeah, that's randomly. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they do that. If they just walk around your fortress, they won't actually do that. Like if they're your citizens, they will never really use their powers unless they get into a fight, and then they go like zoop 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 and just shoot at whatever is there, and then you have like I don't know skin flaps that have come back to life yeah. or like an arm. Well, I get it. I get it. If I could raise the dead, if I was getting attacked by a, a monster then I think that the first thing that I would do is raise corpses that happen to be around me and throw them at the monster. But and, you know, be damned the consequences later. If I could yeah, raise the dead, I would just raise dead to, I don't know, play games with me or, or, or like, work for me. And then I can sit around and read books. Yeah, but, man, they kind of smell funky. Yeah. I don't have to be in the same room with them. That's why we do remote work these days. You know, yeah, because you're a coworker is a skeleton. Yeah, just set them up with a Zoom link and their dental hygiene or whatever. (laughs) It's not going to be a problem as long as they're getting their, as long as they're establishing their goals and delivering results for you. Then I see no reason that they can't work remotely in the cemetery or wherever. I agree with that. 
In the annals of time, let the verses of the master bard Patrick Shaw weave a tale of shifting fates. It was the autumn of the year 108, when the very threads of destiny wove a new chapter. In this turning of the seasons, the Tet Obok Lornish emerged triumphant in a mayoral election, surpassing the venerable Elder Bim. With the burden of leadership now lifted, Elder Bim found respite from the labors of Fortress founding. Yet, in the shadowed realm of Vatet Obok's first night as mayor, a vision arrived like a whisper from the ethereal realms. In the realm of dreams, a voice beckoned her to prepare for the construction of a colossal monument, a grand edifice to grace the surface with brightly colored stone. So spoke Patrick Shaw, the renowned, carrying forth the words of this tale that would become etched in the annals of history. In the ebb and flow of time's ceaseless river, destinies converged and diverged, and the fortress of New Tower of Showing embarked on yet another chapter of its storied existence. I've become quite a fan of the Strange Mood podcast, but I was going through their Discord channel, and there's a, a user on there named, I hope I don't pronounce this wrong, I probably will, Gash Kozakon who asked this question that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to present it to YouTube. So the question that he asked was, when looking at examples of constructions to add to your fort, do you prefer screenshots from the game or spreadsheet-style line drawings? And and I answered him that, that I prefer to see like a stone sense screen capture of it. But then I thought about it afterward, and I think probably more useful would be like graph paper layouts. So... If you if you're looking for inspiration at other people's uh, like say mega constructions, how do you prefer to see those? Would you prefer uh, like graph paper or would you prefer seeing screenshots, Roland? Hmm, that is an interesting question. Well, um, it I would I would say it depends on the mega structure. If you're trying to build a I don't know, like a dwarven face made of clear glass with the mouth like gushing magma, then that is a very visual and it might be better to show it with a screenshot, maybe even with stone sense. Because mm-hmm. then everybody is like, oh, wow, yeah, dwarven face, you know, magma. Yes, yes, I, yeah, my eyes work. Um, while if you have a mega structure like a a massive, I don't know, stone fortress, just like an above ground human like medieval fortress, then yeah. that would look good on a screenshot, but showing how many rooms you have and blah, blah, blah with like a layout plan would work mm-hmm. better because it's like less visual esque. That's, yeah. you know. What do you think, Tony? Uh, I mean, if a game ever makes me interact with a spreadsheet, then it's probably not a game for me. <laughs> so well, I would, spreadsheet. I, I, I don't understand how that would work with spreadsheet. I, I would thought I was thinking graph paper. I can imagine how it would work with a spreadsheet where you can do in like Google sheets or whatever. You can have cells divided up into small pieces and you can, you know, like shade them in. Like I, I've seen that kind of stuff. I just have, a, I've just, I just have a disposition that doesn't enjoy spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know for me, show me a screenshot of what you've done and I could probably figure it out. And if I can't, then I can just look and wonder and awe at the magic that you've created. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's totally you know, Tony, fine with me. 
statements like that are what get you kicked out of the nerd club. <laughs> I can be kicked out of the nerd club if if the nerd club means I have to attest to loving spreadsheets. Then then I'm going to start a new nerd club. That's the nerd club that doesn't care about spreadsheets. And we'll see we'll see who wins. <laughs> no, yeah, just- got to tell you the one of the things that I most love about uh, about DF Hack is and is stone sets. I know it's an independent utility, but it's also easily built into uh, easily uh, invoked by DF hack. And I really missed that whenever the first few months of, of a uh, version 50 being out. Love it. Um, okay. Can I time check us really quick? Here? I was about I to start wrapping things up. up. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great minds. So, think alike. Yeah. so welcome back guys. It has been a long, hot summer, but we're back and, this is the beginning of season six, 12. I believe it is. Six, 12. 240, season 246 of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Oh, wow. So. Let's be on season 50.09 of Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll treat it like version numbers. No. Good. So, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, uh, everyone have a, have a good time playing Dwarf Fortress. Good luck and dig deep, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys later. Good crafting. Hey, we'll see you on the Discord. How about that? Yeah, well, that's, that's right. Good, yeah. yeah, we'll see you on Discord. Yeah. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All craft swordship is of the highest quality. Thanks, Alfonso.